0: You're listening to The Wild 7 Podcast Network. Listen different.
1: Welcome to The Wild 7 Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Red. Joining me is a dear friend, somebody whom we all love here at Wild 7. And in the world, interdimensional, Alex.
0: What's happening, my friends? Good to be back, not just in voice, but in person.
1: Dude, you almost died. <laughs> like, fucking A.
0: I mean, you know, statistically speaking, I could have. Yeah. I mean, have you yeah. been? Man, I, uh, not only have I been well, I am well. Yeah. You, you 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 look good. You, Thank you, you sir. You, you seem well. Yeah. Man. Um. You know, yeah, we're likewise, we're, likewise. we're
1: dear friends, so we're always gabbing like a couple of girls and stuff about pop culture musings and our problems or whatever. Well, Not you, that we have a bunch, but
0: we're we we got so many problems that coming out of our ears. Right. But luckily, we got headphones on, so we keep them in.
1: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Hey, we that's how we keep the demons at bay. I Listen. So, where do you want to start? You've been on this David Lynch thing. We could start yes, I there. I Have been.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, okay, how about this? Shut up. We (laughs) can... Not
1: you, there's music.
0: (laughs) You know what I like about that music too, man? You're you're standing on the precipice of the show. Yeah. That's what that sound is. You know what I mean? You're standing on the precipice. Yeah. So as I leap off the precipice, I'm leaping into blue skies with red roses and green grass and white picket fences and a nice little... uh, Fire truck going by, waving hands, seems really friendly enough, watering your lawn. And then suddenly, what's up with your garden hose? Little kink in it, caught around a bush. (gasps) Is that also a metaphor for, you're having an aneurysm. You drop to the ground. The water's going crazy. And now we're leaving even the the vision of you. Because at this point, a dog is trying to drink from the water spewing out of your hose. And what do we see underneath the grass, Nasred? What do we see? We go deep underneath, and bugs and creepy crawlies. So there you go, man. That's what I, 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 for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about.
1: Very eloquently put, by
0: the way. Oh, uh, thank you very much. Uh, Eloquence is my... uh, Deliquence. No, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Uh, The... um, This is Blue Velvet, of Mm -hmm. which I speak. And... um, My official dive into David Lynch, I think I was 18, 17 or 18, and I, um, it started with Lost Highway and then Blue Velvet, and everything else followed after that, and so I'm revisiting all the titles right now, and last night it was time for Blue Velvet. Yeah. Men, you you've seen it, right? I have, yeah. I have.
1: I saw it in high school, and I believe I saw it another time as an adult. But mm-hmm. and when I say adult, like in my twenties, which is barely an adult. And yeah. um, I I love the film. It's not a film that I've watched multiple multiple times, like meaning more than twice. Sure. But But it's a film that I've really
0: appreciated. Yeah. Um, Roger Ebert hated it, but we'll get to that. I, later. I was just about yeah. to say, your boy Roger <laughs> gave it. Uh, I I actually did a little. Just of, I, I saw a lineup of all the stars that he's given Lynch films throughout Lynch's career. Right. And Blue Velvet, funny enough, is often popularly known as one of his best. But according to your boy, Roger, that is the <laughs> one that has the one star. Yeah, yeah. The one star of shame right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Blue Velvet is intensely nightmarish and supremely heavenly at mm-hmm. the same time. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to make this show all about Blue Velvet, but I just want to say one thing that I took away from this viewing this time around. There's an exchange between Laura Dern's character and Kyle McLaughlin's character uh-huh. where she, where they're, they keep hatching this plan where he's going to kind of be junior detective and go into this woman's apartment. And she says, I don't know whether you're a detective or a pervert. And he says, well, that's for me to know and you to find out. Interesting. And, This time, when I was younger, I always thought that was kind of like a glib line that, you know, like high school lovers will say to each other or something. No, this is actually... Kyle McLaughlin's character kind of does want to get into the sexual kink of the darkness. But Dennis Hopper is the most evil that darkness can take you. And what's beautiful is that Kyle McLaughlin does dive into the dark... And Laura Dern is there the whole time as like your symbol of the light that you'll, I'm sorry, I'm trying to be sincere, but you're cracking up right now. (laughs) No, no, I'm just, the reason I'm cracking
1: up is I'm thinking of some Dennis Hopper lines. Oh, I can't
0: help it. I'm sorry. Dude, Dennis Hopper, the first line we hear, he's like, hello, baby, shut up. It's daddy shithead. Where's my fucking bourbon? And you're like, fuck man. And that's maybe one of the nicer things that he says to her. Um, Without spoiling it, I just want to say Blue Velvet is a fine example of a rule that I've spoken about on this show before and on my show and on any show damn well that I will pontificate upon, which is the way you earn a truly happy ending is you need to give us really scary shit. Like, we got to earn the terror and then we got to earn... The sanctuary at the end, and I think Blue Velvet has a wrap up that, if you're cynical, you'll think it's like too movie, too fantasy, too dreamy. But if you're really feeling the flow of the film, um, it brought me to tears, and that's my f- and and Mr. Nasred, That's one of my favorite things about David Lynch and those of his ilk. Yeah, where you bend the genre. Give me creepy and give me hilarious and make me cry with that thing of um, just the beauty of humanity. Yeah, I feel you. Shit like is that. as scary as Dennis Hopper. It's also as beautiful as you know a, a smile from Isabel. Isabella Rossellini. Yeah, yeah. May I ask? Yes. When you watch this film, okay, hold on.
1: We got to pause. Oh, nice. My fucking drug dealer. Is sounds call, like for Thomas real. My Newman drug dealer score. is calling me. Let me let me just pause this you real gotta, fast. My gotta, drug dealer gotta, is yeah. calling me. Hold on. Hey, little lady. Oh. What are you doing? I uh, think. Oh,
0: just calling my baby.
1: Oh. This is where we did face music, face Alex. <laughs> this is, uh, just sorry. Sorry for that brief interruption, listener. Literally, my drug dealer called me, and he had to mm-hmm. drop off a package and blah, 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 blah. No your lie. Know dealer. Yeah. no, know your dealer. dealer. Okay. 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 That's enough of that. <laughs> um, okay. And I put on some music to keep you company while that happened, and even though I just pressed stop recording. Blue Velvet, David Lynch. The thing that I wanted yeah. to ask you was... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How old were you when you watched it? You you said it earlier. Seventeen. Seventeen. Okay. Yeah. Um I think so. Yeah. Seventeen. Did you recognize yourself in Kyle McLoughlin? McLaughlin? What's his <laughs> yeah, name? Yeah, yeah.
0: M- oh, I think McLaughlin. McLaughlin. Yeah. But I did, like McLaughlin as well. It's a good name. Because it sounds like you're like, hey, you know, I can tell you're a time traveler because you're McLaughlin. Yeah, you're McLaughlin like, away. Yeah. Uh mm-hmm. did you did you recognize yourself in him? Not only then, but a bit now. Actually, you know what's weird is now I'm older because that character is about somewhere between like 21 and 25, if I were to take a guess. Right.
1: He's like not so fresh out of high school, but he's out of high school. Yeah. He's like,
0: I want to say like he's a year or two out of high school. And I want to say even just the actor, I'm guessing he Mm -hmm. had to have been in his early 20s. So when I saw it at the time, I remember thinking, well, yeah. And plus, you know, here's the other thing too about it that I think we can all relate to. There is a moment, several moments in your life where you're attracted to two kind of women. And when you're a young man, sometimes it's a woman your age. So really that's a girl. And then you're also looking at like a woman Mm -hmm. who's become a mother and she's also wrapped up in life and shadows and shit and sin. And she's a cougar and she's a cougar, baby. Yeah, yeah. And so like you like the sweetheart who is pure and good for you and you also like that woman who's going to like show you a th- to uh we were talking about John Saxon earlier today. Right. who real briefly in the sorry I'm leaping from blue velvet to enter the dragon. This is educational. Wild 7 baby. We don't stay on one track. We fucking go go go. We are filling your brain with knowledge. Accept it. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, sorry that was me hitting the, the this 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 fine table this is a four mica table what a studio we have here this right is great yeah, yeah yeah um beautiful beautiful uh what was I saying before oh, oh, oh Enter the dragon John Saxon uh Bruce Lee at the time. Well, all the time when he was alive was enough to carry any movie. But stupid Hollywood thought, nah, we, we, uh, but I'm not dog. You, you guys know what I mean. I love you, Hollywood. And at the same time, when you do shit like this, you're being stupid. When yeah. you're like, Bruce Lee isn't enough to sell this film. We're going to have to put this name. No offense to you, John Saxon. I love you. I'm just saying you're, you're there to do a couple roundhouses and to make some, some quips. Yep. Bruce has got the rest. Trust. But there's a, uh, <laughs> there's another line where, what was I going to say though? Damn it. What was the, uh, I was going to go for a John Saxon line that applied. Enter the to this. dragon. Yeah, and it applied to something else we were saying right you, before. Did you that. say it in the car earlier? Oh, there we go. We were saying uh, about a cougar and all that. And yeah. there's a moment where he sees an attractive lady, and, he, and John Saxon goes, Well, would you look at her? A woman like that could teach you a lot about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line. And I've always enjoyed that. <laughs> and you know what? I think that's one of the better, where, where some dummy next to you will go, God damn, that's a fine piece of ass. It's like, okay, you're not wrong, but that's a, it's an uninventive way to describe the yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, I, I'm a man enough to say I've literally used that line to someone who I figured, to these old you know, men around me who I figured, the likelihood of you knowing this is from to the Dragon is pretty slim. right. right, right. But seeing beautiful women... And saying that, it's like a woman like that could teach you a lot about yourself.
1: Yeah. A dark question. I'm up for it. Do you recognize any of yourself in Dennis Hopper?
0: So check it out. This time around, I'm between the ages, I feel like. Because Dennis Hopper is like a guy who's like pushing 50 now. Yeah. Who is just, you know, beaten up by his demons. Baby wants to fuck. Oh, amazing. So, yeah, here's a couple. Let's let's think of some of his yeah, baby wants to fuck. That's amazing. Um uh considering he also is saying, Mommy, mommy, right before that. That's pretty fucking intense. Uh you know the one do you there's one tender moment. Only one. And it's where he's watching her in the nightclub singing blue velvet. Right. And he's even in plain clothes, he's not looking all like kind of Johnny Cash, dark kind of mm. war. He's he's actually just sitting there, but but creepy. He's rubbing this little blue velvet square in his hands, but he's like crying, like he's listening to you know, just you know, to pure art up there. Yeah, and then of course, right after that, it's like, all right, come on, yeah. shithead, we're going <laughs> <laughs> right. And he's, oh, don't you fucking look at me. That's that. He's doing that a lot, and. Uh, He'll fuck anything that moves. That's the other (laughs) one. Let's fuck! I'll fuck anything that moves!
1: There is a supercut of all the fucks he says. We gotta play it. No way. You down? Oh, sure. Yeah, at some point. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But other Blue
0: Velvet thoughts, how do you... um, Oh, oh, and and, I'm sorry, just to finish your question earlier. Not that I'm ready to be (laughs) doing shit that Dennis Hopper did. I'm not that dark yet. But I've lived a little bit longer... Well, okay, check it out. It's 20 years later, basically, since yeah. I saw B- Blue Velvet the first time. And at the time, I looked to Kyle MacLachlan completely as like someone who I'm going to relate to in this movie. This time, having been a younger man who was in his 20s and did have a relationship with a woman who was older in her 40s. This is Alex talking. Mm-hmm. That was my real biography. Yeah, yeah. I looked at Kyle MacLachlan this time like he... He had me tearing up a lot, in a good way. Meaning, like, I saw a young man learning himself with an older woman. Right. And that's a real story in life. It's not for everyone. Not every man experiences it. But, but I did. And yeah. when I see Kyle McLaughlin going through it, and I'm only laughing because I saw you laughing back there as well. <laughs> now I'm thinking of Isabella Rossellini. Like, who are you? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, are- oh, dude, she, she's amazing. Okay, can I, can I say my favorite line? Please. There's, there's a moment it's pure lynch in the sense that it is so honest and so vulnerable and it's up for everyone to laugh your ass off at the same time right and it's horrible the situation she's beaten up and naked and she's stuck by the way this is based on a uh, david i i read somewhere that david lynch and his brother as kids once saw this like domestic abuse situation and this like woman like a zombie cuz she'd gotten battered up that badly was just walking on the street naked and bruised up. Oh my god. And it was like So that was out of life? That was out of life, dude. That part in Blue Velvet. So here's an amazing Okay, I this is I this is, I promise we'll, we'll we'll sum it up in this last bit right here. Right, now, right. And then we can end
1: it with the supercut of fucks. perfect yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, What a beautiful man. And who <laughs> says
0: darkness ain't fun? Hey, right. You know? Yeah. Darkness brings the light and vice versa, baby. So this is an amazing moment, just to catch the viewer, the, the listeners up to speed here. This, at this point in the movie, Kyle MacLachlan has sort of stepped away from the darkness. It's gotten too dark. And now he and Laura Dern are romancing. They had a beautiful night. They they danced, they made out, they listened to music that only David Lynch could come up with, which is this ethereal magic, something that for Twin Peaks fans, it's like the beginning sound mm-hmm. of that Angelo Battalamente like... Uh, you know, sylph ethereal glory sound. Mm -hmm. So you get kind of wrapped up and you're like, maybe everything's going to be okay in this movie. Suddenly they get it approached by what they think maybe is Dennis Hopper, but actually it's the football jock boyfriend of Laura Dern. Mm -hmm. That's my fucking girl, pal. And you, the viewer thinking like, well, fuck, he's already dealt with Dennis Hopper. What the fuck now? So it looks like it's going to be a fight. (gasps) And then suddenly in walks Isabella Rossellini battered nude terrible the jock is so heated he goes who's that your mom yeah (laughs) yeah, i remember yeah remember that and then we suddenly see what's exactly happening and the way she just hugs kyle mclaughlin and just wilts in his arms and is crying and going oh please everyone feels it and then the jock goes hey hey man i'm I, I'm really sorry. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't understand what was happening. I'm. I, I'm really sorry, man. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. And yeah. that's so Lynch. Lynch will do that where he'll take like a stereotype and then flip it. Right. So what's the jock gonna do? He's got to feel contrition. Right. Right. So Interesting, then even yeah. his buddies go. Even when his friends like, I thought you were gonna kick his ass, man. <laughs> and <laughs> so, lastly, this is my favorite Isabella Rossellini line because it. So this is what I'm talking about where she says something. She she has mentioned to Kyle McLaughlin in their earlier sex scenes, I still have you inside of me, you know. I have your disease in me. I have your disease in me, bro. Right, That's yeah. her terminology. So it's hot. It's hot, right? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. And then at the the Laura Dern household, where they have no choice but to bring her in. And this is where Laura Dern, who hasn't been told yet that, you know, she just knows he's been playing detective. She doesn't know he's been sleeping with her. Right. But she's going, Oh Jeffrey, Jeffrey. And and so she's like, Oh my god. And Laura Dern does that. You know that Laura Dern face where she's like, ah, like cry Yeah. She, Laura Dern does that wonderful lips curling, just beyond crying face. Yeah. Twice this happens. Isabella Rossellini, who's just everything's out. She's completely naked, covered in bruises and blood and holding on to Kyle McLaughlin for dear life. And she turns to Laura Dern and she goes, he put his disease in me. (laughs) Well, what's funny is, I'm sorry. And then also it just cuts to Laura Dern's face and she's just going, Oh God. (laughs) And it's just, that's so Lynch. That's so Lynch right there. It's like, it's truly real and raw and vulnerable. And it makes us laugh our asses yeah. off because it's just so. Oh my god, she said that. Yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Everything you're saying brings me back to the Roger Ebert review, where yes. he mentions that scene in particular. Oh, does he? And you know, I, I don't have time to go through the whole review. I will read the opening because it really okay, sure. When, when Brother Roger got offended by a film, he yeah. didn't give it. He didn't give this the zero star. He's given films sure. like "I Spit on Your Grave." Uh, Team America got zero stars. No way. Fucking uh, a bunch of other movies, Uh a few other movies. Uh But this one, he gave it one star. And Mm. he, I remember maybe it was in this review or somewhere else where he mentions that scene as like Isabella Russeline is giving her all and David Lynch. I feel like the thing that really bothered him about the film was that he got the impression that David Lynch thought all of this was funny. Which Ah. I don't, think so I think that's just Lynch being Lynch
0: I think that's just his lens It's it's the lens and it's also it's I dude life is inconvenient Yeah there have been moments where people just like do you remember there's actually there's an anecdote in in Watchmen the com, the actual comic Right where one of them remembers a boss who would wear like fake boobs to make all the guys laugh. Uh. And one day he finds out his wife's been cheating on him, but it's while he was still wearing the boobs. <laughs> so he this is very similar to the yeah. Isabella. So he comes out, boobs out, and he's crying. And he goes, The woman of my life has left me. And he's got the boobs on, and everyone in the company goes, Pah! <laughs> And they and they yeah, die. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's what I'm saying is li- life is inconvenient like that. And I feel like maybe it's weird though because you know brother Roger wasn't no square. No, he wasn't. He 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 got into movies. And so I'm I'm just interested to this day. Did he ever do a retrospective on Blue Velvet and give it a? I mean, you know, a good review that perhaps counterbalances
1: this one is yeah. his review for the Straight Story which I don't know if you've seen mm-hmm. that one. Have you seen that one?
0: Yes, I have. It's And it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And, you know,
1: that's Lynch. I heard he was doing a sort of riff on a Persian filmmaker that I enjoy, Abbas Kyorostami. Oh. And, like, he was just, so you know, doing his thing. Yeah. And that's, like, on the flip side. Like, you could maybe even show that to, like, a, a reasonably intelligent teenager and you wouldn't feel weird about it. You know, like... No, no, totally. And the, yeah. my yeah. point being, Roger Ebert was a deep humanist, I think. Mm-hmm. Whatever the fuck that means. I don't even know what that means. But I just... Somebody that was pro-humanity. Yeah. And I feel like when he was, he wasn't down with things that seemed to just highlight the worst of humanity. Like there was a film that two films come into mind Mm -hmm. that didn't get one star, but they got the zero star, which is like his a bomb. (laughs) One was called chaos, which was pretty much a a rip off of last house on the left. Just even more vile, you know, and last house on the left is a great film, Uh but I never uh saw chaos just because, you know, I I get it, you know, um, it didn't interest me that much. I, I just appreciated his review. And then the other one was, you know, I Spit on Your Grave. And right. both of those reviews for I Spit on Your Grave, like he was descri- And Caligula. He gave Caligula zero stars. <laughs> Shocking,
0: right? Shocking. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. For
1: his review of I Spit on Your Grave, he was describing just watching it in this theater in fucking Chicago or wherever the hell he was. <laughs> and he was saying the audience, they were like vicarious sex criminals. This, this wow. poor character would get yeah. raped. And then a, someone in the audience would, some guy would say, that was a good one. And then oh, I, the yeah. next rape would come in and he'd be like, I've seen some good ones, but this one was a really good one. <laughs> and so it's like Roger Ebert yeah. as a human being, it's like, you can't get yeah. down with that. I can't sure. get down with that. And sure, I'm nuts. Sure, you know sure. what I mean?
0: Like it's, you know. And it's interesting. In like, when you catch this, because I've never seen I spit on your grave. Nor I. But that's from when? 70s. Something? That's what I'm saying. If you were to watch that by yourself on a projector screen in your room today, yeah, you might go, "Oh, this is pretty edgy," but whatever. But seeing it at the time in a theater with people around you, right. vocally responding <laughs> yeah. and going, "Rape is cool," right, that right. will freak you right. the fuck out, right, like, right, I get it. Like that would that would make me also go. No, the reason I'm giving this zero stars is that this is actually like dangerous propaganda. Mm-hmm. But then notice with time, it's then just a kind of a cult film.
1: Exactly. I, um, I'm not, I'm so not someone to ever preach censorship of any kind or mm. anything. Like any mm. film that exists, as long as it's not involving, you know, children or animals getting hurt or something. exactly, yeah.
0: It should exist. Fuck so it. So no Hodorowsky films? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I
1: mean, that's a whole discussion, but know, you know sorry, what I mean? Sorry, but, sorry, but, so, yeah. No, 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 but for real, no, no, don't be sorry. But like, I'm you, so sorry. <laughs> Alex, Don't be sorry. It's okay. Alex, Alex, you're my guy. You're my tiger. You're a wild seven tiger. Roar. Right. Okay, (laughs) cool. No, but you get what I'm saying? Like, and that Jadorowski thing is an interesting conversation because Mm -hmm. there are parts of that where what, what can you
0: see in that? Like- well, no, just there. There are animals getting blown up. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you know. I mean, I mean, like you see a crow get blown up with a fucking moment, and like uh, in and I know in Peckinpah, there's a Gila monster that gets dynamite yeah. right in front of your eyes. Like, or eh, fucking,
1: yeah. you know, last night I was watching the first episode of Kung Fu, and Ooh. that little kid shoots a rabbit, and I'm pretty sure that rabbit got popped. Yeah, popped. And the, yeah. And then the funny thing is, Kane. It sort of gives him a lesson, like, you shouldn't do that. But it's like, dude, you fuckers killed the rabbit for the show. You know? So it's like, you know, it's insane. It's crazy life. Right. But, dude, do you want to see a supercut of Dennis Hopper in in Blue Velvet? Lay it, you, it do you on wanna, Okay, okay. Oh, oh, no ad is playing, thank God. Oh, there you go. Oh, wait, wait. Fucking fuck. Hold on, hold on. Uh, fuck, 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 fuck. Let's start it over. Okay, okay. This is all the fucks that Dennis Hopper says says Uh it's about a minute let's see if how long we can i just want to hear the baby and just so
0: those who are listening if you have no idea what this is just imagine this is one of the greatest bad guys in cinema a a dude who really is and if you ask me he's like the demon that there's no indication of this but i believe frank booth at a time was like cool johnny cash kind of guy but life kept going and hardships kept deepening for him so he got twisted and he got dark and this is alcoholic rage and speed i notice he pops a lot of pills and does a lot of that huffing of whatever that gas is so that's just i just want to give you all a little lead up as to why this guy is so lit as the cool kids
1: did you hear that fan theory about blue velvet about frank frank his name is the. yeah yeah frank oh no what is it they say that he there's a fan theory that he's the father of Army Hammer. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm really <got> excited <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for a second. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's hear let's hear Frank go. Fuck. L- we'll go until we lose patience. Okay, because this might be a bit. All right. Okay. Well, yeah. Shut up. It's Daddy, you
0: shithead. Where's my bourbon? Fuck fuckin' fucking. Fuck. Fuck. You fuckers <laughs> fucker. 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 <laughs> you fucker, <sucker>. you fucker. Fucking 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 look at me. Look at me. <laughs> fucking look at me. Who is this fuck? <laughs> fuck. Fucking roll. Noun. Fucker. Adjective. Fuck that shit. Fuck. Verb. I'm real fucking good.
1: Fucking fucking puke. Fucking beer, man. Fuck it.
0: Fucking beer, <laughs> the <drink. Let's> fuck. <laughs> fuck. fuck. Fucking swab. Fucking swab. I'm man. sorry,
1: this will never get old. Let's keep playing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's yeah. great. Let's hit the fucking road. Here we go. Okay, fuck it. Let's fuck. I'll fuck anything. Fuck. Oh, what they cut
0: it, it? off. Fuck. 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 Fuckhead. Fuck.
1: Fuck. fuck. Fucker. Fucking gun. Fucker. Oh. Do, fuck Do you hear that, Roy or- or- Orbison in the head? background?
0: Fuck. Fucker. fuck. Oh yeah, we're we're almost there. <laughs> What's all this? I think they're. That's uh, it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that they're they're looping a sound from Gang. In that movie. But dude, there you go. That is uh, evil and rage, Condestan One.
1: Boom. Now speaking of overwhelming darkness. Yeah. You well, know, well, we well, are pretty much a year since the world. You know, spun on its axis or whatever with the COVID and, you know, like spun out of control or in Mm -hmm. control or whatever you want to say about it.
0: March of last year.
1: March of last year. You were pretty freaked out. We were all freaked out, you know, like, (laughs) I mean, when it was happening and stuff. Unfortunately, the COVID fairy visited you. She did. He, he, she, it, non-gender binary did. So, please, whatever thing you want to say about that adventure because I'm your friend. I I, I prayed for you, man, that you don't die, that your lungs would be somewhat okay. I mean, are you okay now? I I, I
0: am okay. He's, uh, I say, as I take a big hit of weed, and that's, and that's the, the honest truth is that, um, I'm, I'm well now, man. And thank you for asking. Uh, I had, uh, I had the experience. My version of the COVID ride was thankfully very manageable. That's the word I use for it. It wasn't, fun it wasn't easy Mm -hmm. but it was preferable to being deep in a ventilator and having to say goodbye to people that's the worst and no joke that week i knew of people i mean i know people and hearing from their families that they had been passing from this Mm -hmm. so it that very week scared me i was like oh well i already know people who've died from this and now i caught it and um I'll just say, as an educational guide, hopefully. Well, okay, here's the thing. No one gets COVID the same way. Nobody. Everyone feels it differently. I even talked to a doctor when I first kind of felt like I was feeling it, which for me was shortness of breath, coughing a lot. You know what my first sign, man? I was, when every time I'd smoke, I'd cough like it was my first time, like I had super virgin lungs but like something else was up and I was like, what the fuck's going on? I can't breathe without coughing. And then I started to lose my sense of smell and I knew some shit was, was starting to happen. And I talked to a doctor on the phone and I said, is this going to get worse? Is this going to level out? Is this going to decrease? And he said, I'm going to be honest with you. I've worked with hundreds of cases now and not one of them has been the same. Mm. So there's no consistency to this. Now I, I was lucky enough to be able to just camp out in the bed and chill the fuck out, and just do everything that the body needed to heal and get better, and um, I'd be lying if I said it was, you know, this, like, terrible, like, invalid, bedridden experience. It wasn't. I mean, I, I kept my room, of course. I did the quarantine, of course, but I had a lot of chance to watch a lot of... Criterion. I watched uh, uh, half of the Afro uh, Futurism that is now uh, on the Criterion Channel. Nice. Any gems? Oh yeah, dude. Uh, Space is the place mm. with Sun Ra. Dude, that's so much fun. Is it still up, or did I, they? Take I'm not it out? sure. I would. Th- I would hope it's still up because I think it was pretty new that lineup there. I might to check that out. Yeah, definitely. And then also there was an Ornette Coleman um, saxophonist uh, documentary. And I liked it because the documentary moved like it was on jazz, meaning it very drugged out and cool. So, yeah, there's there's some good shit on there. And anyway, I also, and, and like I was telling you and Chris earlier, I, I discovered a whole genre of music that I know has existed, but I never did a deep dive into it, and that's a dub reggae. Yeah. Not, not just Bob Marley, folks. Get deeper. Come on now. This is just, you know, this is where reggae uh, sounds like it's actually kind of in a pot exhalation of just, groove and wonder and um, so anyway as you can tell I'm describing artistic beautiful things that's what I got to do during my time down Um, but what are any questions you have about the no I mean did you my big
1: question when you first got diagnosed did you have fatal fears oh yeah
0: well you know okay so here's the thing my fatal fears were as I felt the symptoms and all leading up to me getting tested once I finally got diagnosed and I got the email, which was very just like, <laughs> like, oh, we're sorry you got COVID. Right, it was right. a very like, I um, I felt a little jolt, but you know what is amazing, dude? At that point, I felt relief right. because for a whole almost year, I'm going through every day going, wait, wait, what's that? What's that feeling in my throat? Wait, what's going on? Am I, am I, do I have it? Do I not have it? Wait, when I took... Finally, the fear was answered. Okay, I got it. And you, I just monitored myself. And I... Um, but dude, I'll be honest too. I was already smoking weed within day four or five of my 14-day quarantine. Wait, so at the beginning you were you thought you weren't going to
1: smoke weed? Or yeah. you, you, were, you were intended... I you intended, intended not, not to, to
0: smoke. I was going to, of course, ingest cannabis. But I did not intend to smoke because truthfully... In the first few days, let's say, like, I'd say the first five days, right? Just couldn't hold in my smoke without coughing like badly. Mm. And already I was coughing badly without even any smoke on top of that. So, yeah, dude, it's the worst Uh, on that front. But worst, of course, being relative because the worst is losing your life to this. Yeah. And I'm very uh, thankful. Yeah, dude, I mean, look statistically i'm young enough to battle it statistically and genetically i have what it takes to be battling it i've been taking my vitamins um you know and by the way i never fucked around y'all know me if you've listened to my program and if you listen to me here and if you listen to my tirade a couple uh, episodes back yeah my, uh, which my, was awesome uh, yeah <laughs> i mean, I, mean I, f- I feared it for a while but everyone assures me it was game changing but uh yes but yes in that very episode i was talking about the fact that yeah have been been feeling it there too there's been this constant stress and fear but i i i got it and i went through it and um happy to say i made it through the other side don't catch it oh what i was trying to say back there is i y'all know me i was careful as fuck as best i could be but that said you know without Fucking around at parties and not, you know, just even wearing a mask and trying to trying to stay as socially distant, even though my line of work and um, it just didn't allow me to be by myself as much as I could. I still caught it. So it it can happen. I think we're at a better. Also, when I got it, it was when L.A. became fucking bedlam.
1: (laughs) It was. Yeah, there was I was looking at a graph from March of last year to now. Mm-hmm. And there was just this fucking spike. And at that time, you know, you got it. Fucking apers got it. I know. The night, nightshade, they got it. You know, I didn't get it.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah no. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Definitely. But
1: no, but I mean, dude, I, I'm pretty sequestered. So,
0: you know. Se- sequest- sequestration is your best friend during this time, even though it can also be your worst enemy because yeah. that shit has been brutal for all of our minds a bit. Um, but uh, but yeah, man, it's it's, I don't recommend it. But if you catch it. Um, don't freak out because I will admit, here's another thing I will say, the common cold was way more unpleasant than the actual symptoms that I felt. Really? Yeah, dude. That what I can't stand is that nasal throat drip where mm. you're just in pain and you can't there wasn't much pain involved with mine. Now I don't like coughing. I'm very scared when I can't take a full breath and I got to cough all the time. But even that luckily subsided after a while. The the big thing that was happening ultimately was just a shit ton of fatigue. Mm. And I'll take that over like, terrible congestion and feeling like you can't like you know that thing where, where, where you're just sick with the common cold yeah. and you can't even sleep yeah, yeah, yeah. like that shit like yeah. i could i could even sleep on this yeah interesting it was interesting. Uh, man I, lucky lucky so um, when mm-hmm. you
1: found out did you think of killing yourself
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I right there i was like well <laughs> it's not that much of a leap yeah. from my window but i'll go ahead first yeah try this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah yeah hey man look knock on wood knock on
1: wood man. i'm happy you're you survived wild Um, seven wouldn't be the same without you my friend thank you my friend hey man listen y'all stay safe out there yeah this was this was some fun stuff this was great we we recorded like two other episodes and it was like after five months or six months of being a stoned jellyfish and i was just so rusty and i feel back on top of my game Welcome back, Interdimensional Alex. Thank you. A few things I just want to plug. uh, The new trailer for Debbie and the Devil is out. Check it out. The movie is done. That's the other thing. I mean, you know, we're we're done with that film. We are done. We're probably going to premiere it at a movie theater with a crowd, with people, and they're going to enjoy it. And it's a lot of fucking fun. And we have a lot of fun here at Wild 7. And that's the thing that we do. This, this was fun. Yeah, man,
0: hell yeah, it was. I, I've missed this, man. I, I wanted to just have a free flow conversation with you for the longest time. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, talked a little bit
1: about a uh, blue velvet, and uh, you know, it's yeah, it's, it's man. Good time.
0: It's, well, that's my that's my gem. We were talking about kind of like who your guy is earlier, and I got a couple guys, and we shared. Q T is a guy. Yeah, definitely. And and I think and also for one of me, mine, it's also David Lynch. He's yeah. someone who's never let me down. He yeah. can't. That's what's beautiful about his yeah. <laughs> work. How's he going to let you down? Their dreams. He's <laughs> funny because
1: he gets this rap as being like this weird guy and and stuff like that. He's very like G willickers you know. No, Not, yeah, like yeah. you know, well, like he's the thing. He's and G- that's what I like
0: about him. He's r-rated g Willickers. yeah that's the best about him is that he's like the darkest g Willickers ever and um and yeah man i could talk about that forever but hey, uh but Listen. yeah man by the way alex sir i'm gonna
1: uh bring this up uh to april when she comes in and we record after this um i want to do a remake of nosferatu but with steven miller uh, oh and, yeah, and he eats, no makeup needed. Yeah, and he eats migrant children. Let's make <laughs> <Yeah>. that happen. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, dude. let's 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 do all,
0: it. All you really need is footage. You, you do Yeah, to, yeah, you, know? you be you be the Van Helsing. You know, what you have to understand is that he thrives off of immigrant children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You know, who is going to be a Mina Harker, though? You know, fuck it, fuck this movie. It's stupid. Never mind.
0: All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Did you have an answer? I was just trying to think, but. Fuck it.
1: Yeah, ScarJo maybe Scar But but I don't want to put like a, a a cool actress next to disgusting Stephen Miller because Stephen Miller is disgusting.
0: What you could do is actually, fi- you know, someone out there, his name is actually Mina Harker. Someone out there. Oh, really, Mina Harker? I bet you find whoever that is, regardless of how old she is or what language she speaks, and that's you UK.
1: That's true. Stephen Miller. If you look at him in person, you you get face herpes. That's how horrible he is. It's pretty bad. He's disgusting. But anyway. Fuck him. (laughs) How did I get on that? But anyway, (laughs) Alex, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun, man. I mean, we just, you know, we're back at the office. I mean, we've been back for a second. I was a stoned jellyfish for five months. Just finished a movie that we worked four fucking years on all in all. And so we've been exhausted and also just exhausted from the times. Funny
0: thing about jellyfish, by the way. I've been listening to this podcast about uh, histories and and listening about atomic warfare history between nations and the word that Russia and America during the Cold War would use when talking to their men about how they don't want to come off to the other side being soft is, well, I don't want to be a jellyfish president. Ah, interesting. And yet it's like, it's, it's like, no, no, you can also be a stoned jellyfish, which is a different uh, version. Yeah. Of it. Thank God I'm not president. Fuck. Oh, fuck yeah. that. But
1: anywho... Bang, bang, boom. Hey, that was the thing. Wild 7 Podcast, another dispatch from Wild 7 from the heart of downtown Los Angeles. We're doing lots of cool things here. Follow us on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram at Mr. Nasred. Follow me on Twitter at Mr. Nasred. Email me at Nasred at Wild7Studios.com. Alex?
0: IG, you'll find me at InterdimensionalAlex.
1: You can find really great stories from Interdimensional Alex. He 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 crafts them really beautifully, as beautifully as the Nightshade crafts their stories. Oh, shucks. It's it's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful life gang. I you know gang listener. Right now it's like a year since COVID. We made it. We did it. We We're survived. It. You survived. Yes. If you lost someone in this time, I'm sorry. But guess what? Their their being is now a part of nature a part of the environment a part of the universe i love you what can i say i don't hate anybody and tell
0: your story you got a story now
1: i was lying i hate certain people but i don't want to get no i don't i, I hate Stephen miller i don't like him shoot a movie not a person fuck steven miller cunt prick if you're a fan of the wild seven podcast make sure to check out the other shows on the wild seven podcast network like simping after dark and in the words of alex rogers